Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Wildcast, our first feature of 2021. Um, I'm joined again by uh, by Tom as usual. Tom, how's life in uh, in your parts, Wyndham? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's good to good to be back on the podcast. And um, yeah, yeah, it's an exciting new year, which at the moment feels very much like the previous year. But certainly, hopefully, with all the news in the world at the moment, with vaccines and the like we just hope that there's some light at the end of the tunnel but yeah it's good it's good and all is well here yeah absolutely we uh we spoke a week or so ago now about uh getting an episode out it'd been a couple of weeks after christmas and the new year we'd all kind of got back into the the work routine and and, and such the like and we decided it would be a good idea to record a podcast we came up with a plan uh we invited our guest along for the evening uh we went down to to record said podcast and the three of us spent an hour and a half just chatting and never really got around to clicking the record button, to be honest. And I think about 35 minutes after we stopped chatting, the EIHL, EIHL, EIHA decided to, uh, to spring the news of the NIHL Spring Cup. So just before we talk about that, our guest has returned for the second day in a row. Um, the face behind NIHL stats is back again, Joe. Joe Scats, how is how's life in your part of the world? It's lovely. I mean, I, li- I live in London. I live in the Corona capital of the UK. I haven't seen the sun in three weeks. And yeah, like you said, I got a message from you last week. You decided that your listeners were far too up over the last six months after my previous appearance and needed to, de- needed to be on the decline again. And here I am. <laughs> absolutely not at all it's always uh it's always good fun when you get on like i said we the three of us sat down to discuss the idea of let's talk about some of the games we've all been to in the past fun memories because i think the exact quote that you and i had tom was there wasn't much going on in the world of hockey <laughs> well, we, quickly, we, we quickly realized as well that all of our favorite games were games in which the wildcats lost which would have made an interesting episode <laughs> Mostly, there were one or two wins. In mostly, there were mostly wins. games we lost. Yeah, yeah and, and needless to say, for the people out there that are listening, this episode will be going out at some point. We are going to sit down and do this, but uh, yeah, literally, like I said, half an hour after we finished, uh, we finished chatting about said games, and I hadn't clicked the record button. The uh, the NIHL Spring Cup. So, Tom, Joe, I'll throw the floor open to both of you. Just we're going to be joined by head coach Aaron now shortly. Um, but just give us your immediate quick reaction to that one. Um, unexpected, I think, is my immediate reaction. Obviously, probably more so, actually, and more unexpected in my mind than the streaming series. Because I think the streaming series, there was a hint going into that announcement back in October, whenever it was announced, that something was in the works, you know. I think particularly with the news from the Elite League yesterday, that obviously they're not running a season, it caught me caught me off guard because I hadn't really heard any kind of rumblings around the world of hockey that there was something in the works for, the, for, for another competition in the UK. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting. Obviously, it's a bigger tournament this time in that there's five teams rather than the three from the... Um, from the streaming series, and I think there's a lot more, a lot of planning has obviously gone into it, and yeah, it's, it is an exciting time for the National League, and it is good, going to be good to have some British hockey on our screens on a Saturday evening, Saturday and Sunday evening, 
for a few weeks. But yeah, I think unexpected was probably my reaction because with the way way of the elite league going and just the general volatility of the kind of COVID crisis, I I wasn't necessarily expecting an immediate announcement of a of an EIHA competition. I mean, yeah, Tom's pretty much summed it up perfectly as you can get there with unexpected. It's, I mean, personally, it's something obviously I didn't totally foresee happening this time. I didn't see it happening in February, like Tom said. I thought the announcement that was coming was the somewhat inevitable packing in until September. I'm happy to be proven wrong, obviously, on this camp. Seven more weeks of hockey to get you to at least the end of March. Everything is starting to look better. Um, I know I said to you, Ben, before the show, that obviously the National League was the only league left after the Elite League that I could see sensibly doing something. I mean, um, you both know my involvement in with a club in the in one of the lower leagues. Um, it's not worth the risk of having to take these loans on, especially at a lower level where fans aren't allowed in the rink than it is, say, at the national level where you have the ability to stream games, you have the fan base there that you can almost make it work. But yeah, un- unexpected is definitely the right answer for this one because <laughs> if you'd have said to me, what, Christmas Day, uh, you're going to Febru- get hockey in February, I wouldn't have believed you in the slightest. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a completely fair way of putting it. Unexpected is definitely a word that I much prefer hearing than the word unprecedented at the moment. So I'm glad that either of you said that. <laughs> um, I think I but it looks like Aaron's Aaron's about to join us. So let's let's listen to let's do the the uh, let's get the interview with him out and then uh, and then we'll come back and uh, digest that shortly. So we're now joined by the head coach of the Swindon Wildcats, Aaron. Now, Aaron. Um, the Spring Cup has been announced. Just give us your immediate reaction. I'm just very happy to be playing again. And uh, we had a great time in November playing the streaming series. And that was a success. So uh, looking forward to getting going again. I know the players are, players can't wait to get going. And we've put a lot of hard work into this. And we're glad that uh, we can get going. You, you mentioned the, um, the streaming series. How big an impact did that have to plan this one? I think it just it just helped some the three teams that did it. Someone had to be the first to do it, and uh, just to see how it worked. And I, I feel like it worked quite well. And uh, we're especially because there's going to be no fans um, for the two months. It, it's going to be very similar to to the streaming series, and, and we've obviously got good experience in that now. So uh, it was a great test run in November, and uh, we're just going to move it now to, to the next couple of months. And. Um... What are the players' thoughts, Aaron? Um, are they looking forward to being back on the ice after another extended break? Yeah, they can't wait. It's you know it's I think like everyone in society, it's been so up and down. And uh, the reality is, the players they just want to play, and um, I think it's going to be great for them as hockey players and more importantly as people. I think they after especially the last couple of weeks when we. We knew uh, that there was going to be some decisions at some point. Uh, you could just see that the players were were desperate to play and uh, just just want to get going. And it's uh, it's going to be great for their for them as hockey players, but more importantly, I think for their mental health. And how long has this been in in the, in, the, in the works in terms of planning? Has it been kind of something that's been being planned since the end of the streaming series, or is it a bit more of a recent development? 
since March 24th, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, there has been so many ups and downs and, uh, it's, it's just been a constant process that all the teams uh, have been really good. I think the EIHA have been excellent and especially, uh, Andrew Miller, uh, without him, uh, there's no chance this thing would even be where it is. And, uh, no, I, I don't know all the other people in the association, but he's put in a lot, a lot of work. And uh, without him, we'd have no chance of going. And the teams have worked together. I think uh, we're, we're all in the same boat. We all want to play. It all needs to work, most importantly, safety-wise. And um, there's a lot of good, is the word, collaboration uh, that, between teams and the league. And uh, we're very fortunate that we can play and uh, looking forward to it. And obviously you talked about this, this, this is a five-team as opposed to the three-team streaming series, but you've got the Bees, the Raiders and, and Telford. I guess it's going to be exciting to play those three teams for the first time since March 2020 and, uh, and Sheffield again. Yeah, it's really good. There'll be uh, five good even teams and I know we're, we're all looking forward to it. And the, I'm sure even the players that played in November will be a bit rusty to start, but We've got some extra practice to, to get into it and uh, we're all basically in the same boat. So it's, uh, it'll be a good, it'll almost be a good break for the, for the players to get playing again and get back to what they love. And uh, it's, I, I'm pretty sure all the, uh, the players are fortunate enough to be on a team who's playing are raring to go. And um, from the amount of messages on my phone the last 24 hours, I'm, there's a lot of players that, that want to play and, this we're just I think all the teams playing all the players playing have just got to count themselves lucky and fortunate that we we're getting to and are you expecting it to be a similar kind of thing as before where a few of the elite league players maybe maybe dropping in or is it going to be more kind of the familiar rosters that we've been used to the last few years uh, I, I don't know 100% I know that uh, unless anything changes before we play the four players that opted out in November for us are have opted back in uh, and we're very happy about that so we're, we're going to have a lot closer team to what we would normally have and what we were planning to have in in May um, so there'll be a couple of players I think it's important for for certain players to be playing for GB uh, because the GB is it's going to be difficult I think to get all the players into the league from the GB setup but to, to get a couple two three four in each team would be good for, for the GB team and for them and uh, we, we're going to have a pretty similar team to the streaming series uh, with the, the the four lads coming back in and then a, a couple have, have left from the streaming series team. Um, so obviously the situation with COVID is constantly changing and one of the things that was highlighted in the press release yesterday um, as we're recording was the introduction of weekly testing for the players. Can you kind of give a bit of an insight about how that's going to work? Uh, well, there's it's certainly one test a week. We're, we we think uh, there's actually going to be two, and I think it's just that all, all the tests are not a hundred percent guaranteed and all that stuff. It's just trying to get as much, make it as safe as possible. And uh, we plan to to test players on a Thursday, uh, and then again on a Saturday. If obviously if they have a a positive test, then they, they don't come to the rink. And I think the key thing is, is about the contact tracing um, and the close contacts when we're at the rink, 
we were very, very thorough in November with with uh, how they were on the ice. Um, we split into three dressing rooms. Uh, so the reality is if someone slips through the cracks with COVID um, and we're going to do everything we possibly can for that not to happen, certainly on, on practice nights, uh, there's no there's very little risk of uh, of it going throughout the team by the way we do things. And um, we're, yeah, I'm pretty pedantic on that type of thing. And, and to be fair, the players, it's in their best interest too, of, of course. And uh, we're going to do everything we possibly can for it to be safe. I think the some of the sport I've seen where they haven't been successful, uh, I think they're not quite social distancing as much as they should. Yeah, so, and you just mentioned there that obviously, you know, kind of the social distancing and the health and safety side of things is paramount concern for, I'm sure, not just for the Wildcats, but for all the teams involved. Um, do you feel that you've learned a lot from the streaming series in November and kind of lessons that you can take in to make sure that's even more in place this time around? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, everyone understands it's a, it's a serious virus and um, I think in, in general, sport has been successful in uh, getting back to it. And we, again, we, we're, not, we're not changing anything. Of, we, if, if anything, we're getting more strict on what we're going to be compared to November. And uh, lots of little things like on uh, after an away game, for example, they won't go to the service station after. There'll be uh, food on the bus waiting for them. So we're not, we're literally going to go to the rink away and, and come back. There'll be no stopping anywhere. And, and so we kind of bubble up. So it's, there's a, a lot of things to do. I know we've got a, a I say a league call. The team's playing in, uh, uh, next week. I've got a call tonight and there's a, a lot of good stuff going between us and we're, we're all, the, the safety is the most important thing. And have you guys been practicing through the last kind of few weeks since the streaming series? I know before that elite sport were allowed to be practicing at social distance. What about the, the team? When were, the last, when were you guys last on the ice, I guess? The, the last time we were on the ice was, um, was it was before Christmas. We, we we're going to practice Thursday, uh, Friday and Saturday this week. And then we'll practice three times next week. And then our first game should be on the, the 13th of February. So okay, so we're talking. Not... Sorry, Karen. No, but no, I say go on. Uh, so we, we'll be looking at five, six practices before the the first game. Every player that's going to be with us has has been on the ice since March. Um, even the the lads that did opt out in November, they've been on five, six times over the the last summer months and oh, since the rink's been open, I guess in October, November, and and December. So um, it's not going to be ideal, but we're going to, I think everyone's looking after themselves and it's, uh, we're all in the same boat, really. Um, and obviously, this time around, it's a five-team competition rather than a three-team, which is, I mean, excellent for the league and excellent for the fans. Are you aware on, you know, what the situation is with the other teams? Are they kind of thinking about, I know there was a mention in the press release of a further league competition later on in the year, um, which would be open up to the all 10 teams. So... Are you aware of whether that's a likelihood that other teams might come in for that? Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm not sure. I, I think I've, I think all, all ten, 10 teams want to play at some point. And uh, I, I do think, I think it's very important that, we, that we've that we started now. I think it's important um, for the sport. I actually think it's most important for the players, to be honest, to 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 be playing. But 
after that, after that, our most important thing is um, is getting back ready for September and hopefully the place, the country, and the world is a different place in September. But I think it, I think we'll be making them decisions about April and May, uh, closer to the time again. Things are so they change so quick. I remember in December we were told that we can have up to I think it was 500 fans, and then. Two weeks later, we're on complete lockdown. So things change so much. So we're, we're doing everything we can to to make it as safe as possible for the next two months. And then uh, we, uh, we'll probably get end of Feb. Once we get going, end of, and we're running end of Feb and uh, March, we'll be, be looking at uh, how we can move forward in April and, and May. Well, Aaron, thanks thanks very much for, for chatting to us again. I, I know... Uh... You must be absolutely uh, excited to be getting back on the ice soon and then and get back into some games soon. So, yeah, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, best of luck. And I'm sure we'll speak again before the uh, before the start of the Spring Cup. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we, we all can't wait. So uh, we're looking forward to it. And hopefully we can have a, a good first game next Saturday. Fingers crossed. So again, thanks Aaron for uh, for joining us there. I hope everyone enjoyed that as much as, as we did hearing about the, the Spring Cup. Obviously, Tom and I have uh, spoken to Aaron a couple of times before about the streaming series and, and getting back on the ice. Let's hand over to our guest for the night. Joe, uh, you listened to that interview back. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, you can clearly see obviously where there is uh, a plan, a framework for what they're going to try and achieve. They um the streaming series obviously was a success of what they wanted to hope. No, there was no cases came from it. The games were well watched, as we know. The new teams obviously bring a new, well, fan bases into it. Um, I do think it's interesting what he said about bubbles. Swindon obviously going hardline with the whole uh, no stopping at service stations, which we all know that away teams has been a staple for years and having food on the bus, I think that's important. I'd be interested to see if any of the other four teams do the same thing. If In my eyes, it would be preferred if they did, because obviously, you know, there's still a virus going around and we don't want games being called off later in the tournament for reasons we don't need to. Um, I do still find it interesting, obviously, as you guys said, that the Planet Ice team's not turning up as well. Um I'm sure we could, we'll probably end up talking more about that. <laughs> but in the end, what's, what's not to like? You've got 12 more games of hockey for teams. You're probably going to see a lot more players from GB by the sounds of it. So, what's not to like? Yeah, I guess the big breaking things to pull out from a Swindon perspective is the, uh, obviously Aaron mentioned there that the four guys that had opted out of the streaming series, uh, obviously as we go to record this, uh, have opted in for the, the the National Cup. So that was uh, the Taylor brothers, uh, Stevie Whitfield and Ben Nethersell were the four, um, which should make it a more familiar looking opening night roster for which we think will be the, the 13th of February, Tom. Yeah. And I mean, it's obviously from a Swindon perspective, it's really nice to have the full or as close as possible to the full team that was signed as intended on the ice. It's nice to see those four players who weren't able to commit for the streaming series to be able to come back into the um, back into the squad for, for this competition. So I think that'll be a really, really kind of good thing for the fans um, to see because obviously 
Um, and I don't want to take this, this. we can't take anything away from the players who did kind of fill in, you know, Glenn Billing, Callum Bugliss, et cetera, who came in for the, um, for the streaming series and did an excellent job for the Wildcats. But I think, you know, the fans always want to see the, the players that their team have signed, you know, the players that they support um, every week when we're allowed in the, um, in the, in the link centre or, or on the road. So it is a real positive to have those players back. Um, and yeah, as Joe said, it does sound like the, the Wildcats, but also the league as a whole have put a lot of work into the kind of safety side. Um, obviously there was a mention there from Alan of twice weekly testing, which is a really good, good thing to have um, to make sure that you are reducing the possibility of, um, of a many positive tests slipping through the cracks. Um, obviously we know that no COVID test is 100% accurate. So it's kind of good that you have got those two, two tests in there. And hopefully that will reduce the risk of, you know, spread of players catching it and passing it around. And as Joe mentioned, you know, having kind of a, a bubble, a firm sort of, you know, clear rules of how to travel to games, etc., is obviously something that's really important at the moment um, because given the amount of work that's gone into to it, the last thing you want is, you know, things that things like that to happen. Um, there is still a virus going around and yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, it sounds, you know, a very promising competition. Yeah. It, um, like you said, there's obviously the streaming, the streaming series we've, we've already touched on this before in previous episodes towards the end of last year was a success at the end of the day, the crowds were high the cases were at zero as far as we're aware. Nobody, as far as we know, uh, became ill because of it or around it. Um, yeah, the viewing figures were high and it's it's good to see, obviously, Swindon and Sheffield back in for this. They were part of the, the three that kind of led the, led the charge to do something towards the end of last year with the streaming series. And, you know, from a team perspective, we've got, we've got, three, we've got three more. So we've got uh, the Bees who are going to be back in, well, not back in Slough, but they'll be in Slough. Uh, Raiders and then Telford as well. So, Joe, what's your thoughts to those three joining, which they haven't done previous? Um, it's difficult to obviously get a full grasp on what those teams are going to look like. So, when the inevitable happened and the season was delayed, obviously, Swindon had announced most of their roster, so we had a vague idea of what the streaming series roster was going to look like when the four players dropped out. The problem you got with Bracknell, Telford, and Romford is they all had announced about half between half a dozen and ten players, and still have. So it's going to be a challenge because, obviously, as we now know, they've got about a week to either announce the rest of the players they had signed, or to find extra players that they can use. Um, obviously, you're looking at people who are playing for the side teams that aren't. Icing in the tournament, so Basingstoke, Milton Keynes, Peterborough, Leeds and Hull. Obviously a bit more difficult for the Leeds and Hull players because their options are Sheffield or nothing. Um, Romford, you could argue probably seeing a lot more of the London-based players. So it'll be interesting. I mean, there's a lot of talent on the rosters that have already been named in, in all three cases, and even in all five cases. Obviously, we know that we know the players that Sheffield have from the first time round. We know also the players that Swindon have from the first time round. It's going to be. I'm just. I'm more interested in seeing what 
the three teams that are coming in do now in terms of recruiting a squad over the next week? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, like you said. We touched on that. Leeds, not Leeds, um, Sheffield are going to be looking at people from if they need extras. You've got Leeds and Hull that aren't too far away. Um, Romford, again, like you said, there's London teams. Peterborough, to be fair, isn't too far from uh, from Romford either. And I do have to hold my hand up and make a mistake here. Obviously, we're just checking through it. Romford actually had announced an 18 man roster, but they have one listed anyway. But that was obviously before players like Piatak had gone away. So whether or not they get, a re- I, they're not going to be able to get a replacement import in at short notice. I could see, like you said, looking at Peterborough or potentially, potentially looking at players from South One and giving them a chance. There's, there was enough. There was enough talent on that Stretton Redhawks roster last year that could quite happily fill in at this tournament. No names mentioned. Cough. Vanya Antonov. Cough. Michael Farm. <laughs> uh, Tom, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the teams line up. Obviously, you look at Telford, and they were a team that pretty much, let's be honest, dominated at national league level last season. And if they can get the majority of that roster back and playing, potentially, you know, potentially GB add-ins as well. There, you know, Tom Watkins has got a lot of contacts, and they're in a Telford is a good venue in terms of getting players in from around the country is quite central so you know there's every chance that they we see them pick up a couple of guys from the elite league and so they could be just as you know tough if not more than last year you've got um as you said these in their you know debut in slough is going to be an interesting team you know doug shepherd again he's got lots of contacts he's going to be able to bring guys in and as we say raiders have announced the roster obviously there's a chance players may opt out. They may make some changes. They may make some additions. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the um, how the team shape up. I do think, particularly with the announcement, the kind of joint, the second announcement that was from yesterday, which was the Elite League not playing this year and absolutely ruling out any play until September, that potentially increases the chance of some of the British players in the Elite League who maybe don't want to go abroad, um, don't want to find deals abroad. We'll, we'll look look at this National League um, Spring Cup as an opportunity to get some game time because as it stands, the GB squad is still going to Belarus in May for the World Championships. Oh, not Belarus even. It's, of course, it's in Latvia, isn't it? It's been moved. So my apologies. That was obviously something else that's been announced recently. But yes, they're going to Latvia for the, um, for the World Championships. So, you know, you're still going... These players are going to want to get some game time in to have an opportunity. You can tell it's been a while since we've all done this, can't you? It's a, it's a little bit rusty. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, like you said, like you said that, I think yesterday must have been the biggest day of UK ice hockey news potentially ever, because I think it was the Elite League going, I think Team GB confirmed in Riga was yesterday. Uh, the National League and, of course, the EIHA statement that they were still in communication for for everything. I mean, from a national perspective, I think, obviously, when we had the streaming series, guys like, like Matthew Myers and, obviously, okay, Ben O'Connor's a bit different. He'd signed in Sheffield for the year, but people like Ben Lake, who have played for Team GB, took advantage of those, those games and, and joined the series. I think, obviously, with the Elite League going now, 
and confirming they will not be playing. There's opportunity for more to do the same, especially with there being more teams as well. And I think there's probably less likelihood of British players that are still in the UK looking at going abroad now with the travel restrictions and everything else that's been put in place by the government since then. So I think it's going to be interesting to see who does pop up. Um, I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. I would also say that there are still British players going abroad. I saw at the weekend Paul Swindlehurst has moved over to Poland for the rest of the season. So there are still opportunities and maybe I'm sure we will see a few more British players look at those kind of opportunities. Now they know they're definitely not going to get a game at elite league level. But I definitely think, think that, you know, the NIHL is going to be an attractive option, particularly for those who have kind of work existing commitments in the UK and maybe travelling abroad isn't something that they can commit to. Question for you two then. If obviously uh, Aaron kind of somewhat said in that interview that maybe there'd be GB players that are looking for ice time ahead of the World Championships. If, say, there was a pool of 15 players from the Elite League, predominantly GB Brits or ones who qualify to play for the GB team, would you be up to it if they were then split out across the five teams to get somewhat of a balance rather than them all inevitably ending up on two teams and it being lopsided? I personally would have no issues with that. I think, yeah, we at the end of the day, we know that this Spring Cup is filling a gap. This isn't a new permanent thing that's going to be happening in replace of a, a new National League. We're talking getting through to potentially September where... Fingers crossed, hopefully we can get something back more normal. So, yeah, I mean, we. I think the priority now is Team GB are, be going, to, are going to be going to Riga and competing in a World Championships where a good proportion of their roster, whoever you pick, won't have played any more than a handful of games since March 2020. Now, I know that we were all tuned into a to stream the other night that, you know, do we know if there's going to be relegation from from that this year the IIHF haven't confirmed as far as I'm aware I'm happy to be wrong on that if it does get announced that it's business as usual we're going to need to give the players as much a chance as we possibly can I don't I could be wrong I don't believe there's going to be relegation because the lower groups aren't going ahead I believe that's the situation yes I'm getting Joe's nodding the so the situation is that there isn't going to be relegation. So it's a really good opportunity for GB to go there really with no pressure and have a have a good go at it. And it'd be interesting to see what kind of rust, roster that Pete Russell puts together. Do you take your normal roster? Do you take maybe a few younger players who are going to be going into that team in a couple of years and give them a chance to play the big boys without any pressure of rele- relegation? I mean, obviously we're talking about the um, spring series here, so we don't want to go too far off topic, but it's also worth noting obviously with the NHL running on, on a different calendar this year to normal, that we may see less NHL players available because of the fact that the playoffs will be more clashing with the world championships than usual. So there may not, and with the travel restrictions from North America, it may be that some NHL players who would normally be available to come in will choose not to not to travel to the world championships. So it'll be really interesting to see what all the teams look like, um, obviously, particularly GB um, as we're probably the only team in the tournament who are going to have that problem of the majority of our players not playing an awful lot, because I would imagine with the bigger nations, you'll be able to put together a roster of 22 high-quality players who've played at a good level all season. Yeah, well, like you said, I think we 
we're probably going a little bit off topic talking about that as, as interesting it is but yeah. coming back to the spring cup i guess the biggest difference this time around like i know you touched on earlier tom is is the fact that players are going to get tested i know aaron spoke about there being potentially two tests a week um but at the very least there would be one test a week i think that's a massive bonus compared to the streaming series yeah just your kind of thoughts on that one either one of you um yeah i mean i think it's kind of a a two a twofold answer so on one hand it's a really good thing to be doing just generally at the moment i think and it's something that was a concern for a lot of people before the streaming series i know it got picked up in a few interviews with coaches and you know other 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 sources um was the lack of testing um, and obviously that was an issue in other sports. I know that the Football League weren't doing routine testing for League One and League Two teams back at that time. Um, obviously, that's now been brought in since um, December, I believe, that now teams are getting routine weekly testing at that level. So obviously, for for second-tier British ice hockey, if something as big and with as much money as football isn't tech doing these tests, then we were never going to be able to do that. Now the situation with COVID has changed, I think, so much that it's the only way forward um, to have at least one test, but ideally two, because as we know, there are more variants, you know, some of it, some of these variants are more infectious. The case rate is generally higher. I think it's a lot more important to have those sort of, to have that testing regime in because, you know, it's, it's the only way to really you know, not guarantee player safety, but maximise maximize, maximize the opportunity. Um, yeah, the, the multiple tests obviously was something that was needed, is needed, and by the sounds of it, we're getting. Um, the five teams obviously will have all agreed to it, or at least up to whatever they have decided on, whether it be one test, two tests, three tests, no test, they'll do their own thing. Um, as like I said, like from the outside perspective, obviously I tried my best to cover the series with the, the limited availability of stuff. Um, the questions I obviously had from the streaming series was obviously Swindon, if anything, probably underperformed from the streaming series. Well, the four players got back. They've obviously got the experience of they've actually played a few games now. It's been a while since then. Do they bounce back? Do Sheffield shock the world again and actually... Was it their, they lost the last game, but they managed to win the well tournament streaming series, whatever they call it. And then you've got the three new teams. Like I said, what rosters they turn up with? Where do the GB players go? Is another one. Um, and can we get through this tournament as well with no cases or worries about there being cases or cancelled games like we did the first time? Because there's a lot more games this time. So was it them? Um, it was home and away get for each team once for four games each. And I believe they announced last night, is it 12 games total, play everybody three times? Yeah, I believe that's the um, that's the format. So, yeah, it's 12, 12 games apiece. And I know, obviously, we did say as well, off mic earlier, that what do we think? We don't obviously know what the schedule looks like yet. If it's Aaron is right and then it's starting next week, that's kind of an important thing that needs to be announced. Um, but whether or not it's three teams playing double headers a weekend and two teams playing once, or whether or not there's room for 
teams to just have a weekend off over the seven weeks. It's it's all very now tactical and logistical of what you've got and where you need to be now, which is something teams haven't had to do in, well, a year now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm certainly glad I don't have to work out who's playing where, who's when, who's playing when. I think the other thing that I know that the three of us have all spoken about off mic, which, to be honest, we probably uh, didn't actually ask down in the end, was the idea of, we know this is going to be a streamed series. There's no fans in the building. Um, we know there's going to be a, probably a couple of games each day, potentially. Uh, how open would you guys be about potentially staggered face-off times to allow people to watch both games on a weekend? Oh, I'd absolutely love it. Like, so, <laughs> the stream series first time around, I got a lot of help from a spectacle member of the podcast with some of the games and helping me with doing the game sheet stuff on the website. Um, that was hard enough as it is. If it's two games at the same time, it will be virtually impossible. And if there is no game sheets, if there is no, or very limited Twitter coverage like there was the first time around, that's going to be a serious problem. And that was one of the great, the gripes after the series that I saw a lot online was there was no, you know, official table or no, no way that you could see what happened if you missed something or if you misheard something, which was where I tried to fill in as best as I could. And yeah. Um, staggered face-off times would be lovely. There is no excuse at the moment with the rinks that are listed of why you couldn't have a game start at three and a game start at six. Not only does it mean that people can watch both games, it also means that you're likely to have people pay to watch both games. It, and it, it, you, you're not splitting your fan base or audience between two games at once. You're giving the potential to maximise as much as you can with the fact that there is no British hockey. There is a limited amount, obviously, with the NHL and KHL stuff on Premier and Free Sports, which is lovely, and I know we've all used it. I myself bought Game Center so I could watch more. But you've now got an option to have British hockey again. And if you can have a staggered face-off time, 3 and 6, or 3.36.30, or whatever you want to do it as, you can get as many eyes on the product as you possibly can. You need to do it. Yeah, I completely, completely echo those. I completely agree with that. I mean, there is, as Jerry say, there is no excuse not to. There's not issues. There should not be issues with ice time at the moment because the rinks aren't open for you know public skating, for non-elite sport training. So the ice time availability in most rinks should be a lot, a lot emptier than usual. I mean, I know, I know such a big part of the scheduling in British hockey is when can we actually get the ice at the rinks you know and that that really is a massive driver on face-off times in in so many for so many teams um, particularly in rinks that are particularly busy I know for example Sheffield have a lot of teams playing at Ice Sheffield normally and now this time around it's only going to be the Steel Dogs so there shouldn't be as much of an issue getting the ice as there would normally so there isn't really an excuse and as Joe says it would be massive to be able to say have two games on at different times to allow people to watch and yeah yeah because not everyone's going to watch both games you know a lot of people will just will pick and choose but you're giving people the option to buy both should they choose to and I do think the game sheet thing is a huge a huge issue for a lot of people um no, I agree. It was a big kind of gripe that people had of not being able to see what had happened if you'd missed a game, kind of not 
it wasn't easy to get information from the streaming series. And given this has been billed as a spring cup, I feel like there's got to be an official kind of source of information, official tables, official game sheets, because you were advertising it as a tournament with something to play for at the end, whereas the streaming series was a much more of a test event. Um, and, you know, there wasn't there wasn't an official trophy at the end of it. We Yes, the Steel Dogs won, as it were, but I don't believe it was ever really, you know, put that together as a formal tournament. Yeah, but there was a trophy. There was a crate of beer. I remember seeing the picture of them lifting it. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. But, yes, as this has been called a spring cup you've got to i feel like there would have to be an official sort of you know way of recording stats etc because we are building this as a proper tournament and and yes i'm sure it would help joe on nihl stats an awful lot if you could you know see the see the material so if there's anyone from the eiha listening you know give joe those stats get them get in those game sheets get in those game sheets help me please <laughs> yeah like, like like the guys have said um the, the job that you did for the streaming series, Joe, was superb. I know that we all, I think both of us here, I know for a fact, definitely replied to one of your text messages saying, what was that call? Did you hear that on the stream? Was it was it hook or was it interference? But yeah, it it will help massively. And I think it adds a lot. It's one of those things I don't, I don't think people realise how much they like it until it's gone. Yeah. And I think we kind of all take it for granted. We're also, we've all been sat there uh, after a game on a bus, in a pub, in the car, wherever we are, oh, let's just see what else has happened in the league. And you look at a result and you get one story. You look at a game sheet, you get the full story. And I think, um, yeah, it, it's a weird thing. Like, if you'd have said to me, what's the one thing I'm missing about hockey, I probably wouldn't have said game sheets. But <laughs> after the streaming series and I kind of looked at, oh, how did... Uh, okay, I did, to be fair, I did stream every game, but you kind of look at it afterwards and you think, what happened? And then you go, hang on, I've got no kind of reference or information. I wouldn't say game sheets are the one thing I'm missing from hockey, no. but they certainly they certainly add to the experience. Right? I think, no, like I said, they're, they're certainly not the one thing I'm missing. <laughs> but as we had a little bit of hockey, I then realised it was one of the things that I should have put higher on my list. I think, yes. yeah, definitely. probably even more so for Joe. <laughs> but no, I mean, like I said, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I think we've we've kind of covered pretty much all corners of it now, but. I think we, as we record this, if if we're right in thinking it starts kind of on the thirteenth, then we're we're kind of just over a week away now. And like you said, there's a lot of things still to come out. We've got uh, we've got half rosters, we've got face-off timings, we've got tickets to be sold, and the little little factor about we don't actually know any of the fixtures yet. Um, which appreciate at the moment for the fans will be just which website they're going to get their streaming ticket from. But uh... Given our track record at the moment of doing this, it will probably be released. The fix will probably be released by the time we release this podcast. Yeah, I think that's that's entirely fair. Um, it wouldn't shock me as soon as I click, uh, click leave meeting on this, this then uh, I'll look on my phone and go, oh, they were announced 20 minutes ago, which is kind of what happened last night. Um, but yeah, any, any kind of like final comments from either of you? No, nothing for me. I think we've covered it, and I think yeah, we're just looking forward to seeing how it goes. Certainly, I am, and yeah, just be nice to have some British hockey back on the screens on a Saturday, Sunday evening. Yeah, I think it's not it quite the same as being in the rink, but it's it's a start. It's a kind of that start of returning to normality. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I'm sure we'll um we'll get back together and come up with some kind of uh, 
a preview once we know a little bit more about the the five rosters that will be uh, taking the ice on that first weekend, whenever it may be. But I'm going to hand the floor back over to Joe. Your uh, your NIHL stats, just uh, plug it as much as you want. Oh, excellent. Uh... Uh, at NIHL Stats on Twitter, Facebook, still haven't got one of those. Uh, NIHLstats.wordpress.com if you want to look at the extremely mediocre website. I'm really good at plugging this. Um, I did put a call out the first time I was on here. I'm doing it again. If there isn't anybody who is any good at graphic design because I have spent six months trying and I am rubbish, uh, please do get in touch either on, t- on Twitter, please. Um, I will try, hopefully, if we do have staggered starts, to do like I did with the stream series of having a live game sheet running on the website so that people can keep up on their phones. It does work. Uh, It's been tested. The website works on both phone, tablet, whatever you're using, so you can have it on in the corner. Just hit refresh whenever something happens, and you'll know sooner rather than later. Uh, I will try, and hopefully, when we know a start date, have a... As you say, a series preview, either five and fives. Like setting myself challenges in this kind of scenario. Um, again, if anybody's listening to this and they are a fan of the Wildcats, if you guys don't want to do it, um, the Steel Dogs, the Raiders, the Bees, and the Tigers. Again, please get in touch because I'll have some questions for you if and when we get full rosters announced. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can only echo that. Like I said, we've. Uh... We, we, I mean, we us three talk on daily basis, but the work you've done over the streaming series over last year, we talked about it when you came on the podcast the first time, is, is superb and second to none. And if there's anybody out there, I urge you to keep an eye on it when games start happening because there will be stuff that you pick up and it's, it, it's superb. It really is. And again, if you can do graphic design, just get in touch. Yeah, please. please. I can barely do stick, man. <laughs> I, uh, I don't I don't want to hear Joe turn around to me and say how do I do this on uh, on uh, Photoshop again because I don't know either so if <laughs> if anyone out there is listening just drop him a line or drop us a line and we can we can put push you over Tom any uh, final thoughts from yourself before we uh, wrap it, wrap up episode twelve uh, I think just you know it's good it's good to be back it's good to have some hockey to look forward to again um, I think that's something that this podcast has been missing because it's very difficult to do a hockey podcast for a significant period of time when there's not much going on hockey wise. Um, there's only so many, there's only so many times we can talk of games gone by or the um, autumn cup final. So um, <laughs> it's, it's nice to have some, some, some hockey to talk about, but yeah. And obviously just, uh, I hope everyone out there is staying, staying safe and, you know, let's keep, keep that up and get ourselves back into an ice rink. Hopefully, you know, by the end of the year, it will be a really, really positive thing to be back in, in rinks and being able to see, see each other again. So, yeah. Yeah, like you said, it, we just hope everyone out there is staying safe, looking after yourselves, looking after the ones you love and trying to keep as, as occupied as you can in the, the crazy times that we still live in 12 episodes in. But like you said earlier, I think, Joe, I think there is beginning to see like, at the end of a very long dark tunnel and we've got we've got some more hockey if nothing else the next seven or eight weeks hopefully we can get through that and that'll keep us occupied until the uh the rain goes away and the sun comes out a little bit more as we get closer to spring so joe thanks for joining us once more tom as always thanks for thanks for joining us and stay safe and we'll see you all soon